Yeah, eat, sleep, fantasy, you rocking with the best NFL fantasy football podcast We talking mock drafts, running backs, better follow The conversation with Dale, Christian, and Armando Screaming, eat, nation, we doing what we like Tune in every week, guarantee we get it hype Fantasy, football enthusiasts, I know you plan to be Joining us on Eat, Sleep, Fantasy Yeah, Eat, Sleep, Fantasy All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Eat Sleep Fantasy Football Podcast, also known as the Surprise Monday episode, Fantasy Football Podcast, because that's what we're doing here. We're dropping a Monday episode for once, just because I think there's a lot that we need to recap, a lot to go over, and so I'm here, my name is Christian Brito, and joining me for this quick pod is Armando Crespo. What's up, Armando? What's up, Brito? I feel like we haven't recorded together since the preseason, and I've been on quite a bit. Me. Yeah, you're avoiding me. Dude, we were just together on Friday. Did you okay. forget that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But not like an actual episode. I don't count live episodes. Those are like, we don't really talk about fantasy football at all. Those are like bonus episodes. Exactly. Behind the scenes. Yep. Um. So, yeah, thanks for having me back. I like recording with you a little better than Dale to have a little more, a little better time with you, but we'll see how this one goes. Recording or just like just in general? Just like every, everything about you is just better than Dale. There's more to love. Oh, a lot more to love. There you go. All right. So there's a lot to go over. There's plenty of news, lots to recap. So I just want to dive in, just a quick hitting episode. So let's start here. Um, Miami and Baltimore game, there's nothing to talk about there, right? Nope. We, we've talked about it. Let's just skip that game all together. <laughs> all right. So let's move on. Minnesota, Cleveland. Uh, interesting game for a lot of reasons. I want to talk about the running back situation here because two weeks ago, it was Murray. This week, Murray got more work, 20 total touches, but McKinnon was the more productive back this week, whereas last week, Murray was the guy. How do you see this moving forward? Because Latavius Murray, with 20 total touches, just five five and a half fantasy points. Um, well, I think the easiest way to split it up is Murray definitely in standard. McKinnon definitely in PPR. Um, I think McKinnon overall is a better running back and is going to do more with touches. But if you had to pick one for each format, it's going to be drawn that way. But McKinnon is more explosive. Right. I think McKinnon moving forward has shown a little bit more promise. He's getting less work every single week. Murray seems to be the guy that's getting more work. It's going to be a frustrating situation, but I think week in, week out, one of these guys will be productive. While Murray has been less effective, for some reason he's still my guy right now. Uh, I think he's going to get the majority of the work moving forward next week as well. I know a lot of people are going to have a dissenting opinion on that. But I, I, I still want to hold on to Murray, and I think you could probably buy him really, really cheap after this week. Just what, what last thing before we move on from these two guys. Um, Cleveland Browns do have a good defense, so don't be too sad about these numbers. I think it was to be expected if you know that the Browns do have a good rush defense. Duke Johnson was forced from this game um, because of a he he entered the concussion protocol. Seems like he might have already cleared that already on Sunday. So we'll, we'll stay tuned to his uh, status uh, following throughout this week. But Isaiah Crowell did well for once this week. Finally, um, the Jesus. Finally, um, Adam Thielen was productive and finally scored. His his yardage has been there all season, but he finally added a touchdown to it. 
seems like he's uh, really starting to have a nice little breakout season for himself. And um, and that's it. Let's uh, move on to the just, next game. Anything about, you want to add? Yeah, it just digs. Um, he started off pretty hot. I just feel like it's just him coming off a little bit of rust, missing two games in a row. I'm not ready to hit the panic button on digs. Still no, taking, he's coming, yeah. coming back from injury. I think he'll be fully ready next week. I think that's kind of where I was. I didn't end up moving him up this week. Good he call. still ended up in my 30s. Um, he, he didn't seem fully ready, so I didn't end up moving him up. Next week, he'll be a top 24. Yeah, I, I went all in on him, so that's my own fault. Yeah, that's fine. He'll be back next week. Diggs will be back, baby. All right, so let's move on to the next game. Oakland and Buffalo. I think it's time. I think you've been saying this for a while. I think it's time to establish that Buffalo's defense is for real. Mm -hmm. That if your team is playing Buffalo, it is something to worry about in terms of fantasy points and how your, you know, your guys are going to fare. Michael Crabtree looked okay. And that's about it. Uh, James Olawale got the, you know, the short yardage score, which is disappointing for anybody that Mm -hmm. might've started Washington or, um, well, or Jalen Richard. What is surprising about this before we move on from the running backs is Washington had eight receptions. Last week, Jalen Richard was the one catching all the passes. And he had eight receptions and the touchdown with 62 yards. I think that's really weird that they flip-flopped. Um, but personally, I'm not touching anyone in the running game in Oakland at all. Right. On the other side of the ball, Tyrod Taylor did what Tyrod Taylor does through for 165 yards and a touchdown. Uh, a little bit, of, uh, you know, in the rushing game, but not as much as you would hope. But LaShawn McCoy finally does it all for this offense. He's leading them in receiving. He is definitely leading them in rushing. 27 carries, 151 yards and a touchdown. That's back-to-back nice weeks for LaShawn McCoy. Moving forward, his schedule just gets better. He's a guy that I am definitely buying. I think it might be a little bit too late to get a good price on, mm-hmm. but you can probably get him for fair value, and I think he will continue to be super productive for the rest of the season. Zay Jones finally uh, had a below-average game, yeah, and he had the most targets in the team, so keep out for that. Just like you said, schedule is improving for them, so maybe pick him up now, see how he uh, develops throughout the season. Tyrod Taylor is a guy that you could pretty much get for free right now, and that rest-of-season schedule is beautiful. He's a guy that you might be able to use as a streamer and definitely a playoff option if you're set up very nicely in a league but need a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Anything you want to say outside of that? Uh, Derek Carr was okay. 49 pass attempts is a lot. 300 yards is nice, but only one touchdown to go with it going to Washington. Yep, he just like came back. Mentioned. Yeah, he just came back down to earth, so I'm not ready to buy or sell him. Great. Okay, so let's move on to Indianapolis, Cincinnati. Surprising game. game. Yeah, Yeah. surprising that this was a one-point game, 24-23. to Um, Very frustrating if you're an A.J. Green owner. If I bought into the A.J. Green hype this week, ranked him very high. I think number two or three in my rankings. Um, I I had him in several DFS lineups. Um, and he did not do much for me. Eddie Dalton was okay with 243 and two Jacoby Brissett looking competent with 233 and two, uh, and Frank Gore and Marlon Mack are going to continue to take each other's work. And neither one of them is really going to be worthwhile. I don't know, man. I disagree with that. I think they both are being, they're both a good RB two at this point. Mack did catch a touchdown. And Gore did have 82 yards, surprisingly, on 16 carries against a decent defense. So maybe Gore having someone else there is going to improve his stats. So 
something to keep out for. I, I like Mac more and more and more as the season goes on. Okay. Fair enough. Jack Doyle is the one thing that I think we have to mention about this game on the Colts side. 12 receptions for 121 yards and a touchdown. I think um, it might have been just part of the game flow and, and the way that this game was planned. Um, I don't think most weeks Brissett is going to be getting its Doyle that much. It seems like he's his favorite option, but man, just that's not that's not what Brissett is. No. Right. I just Joe six, Mixon, I just surprising at all, with his 91 receiving yards. It was one big play. I'm not too uh, whatever. He is not a good runner. 1.6 yards a carry on his 11 carries for 18 yards. Uh, Joe Mixon, outside of that one big uh, receiving play, I think continues to be incredibly disappointing. This is the best possible matchup you can get, and you're getting 1.6 yards a carry. Joe Mixon is not a good running back. I concur. I just need six more yards from Green, and I would have won. That's that's nobody cares about your game. <laughs> I care. <laughs> Moving on, San Diego Chargers and the Pittsburgh. I mean, Patriots. <laughs> yep. So let's talk about the Chargers. Uh, on the surprising end, I I was very hopeful for Hunter Henry this week. Mm-mm. He uh, he did not cut it this week. Very disappointing game for Hunter Henry. Uh, you were okay if you started uh, Benjamin, and uh, he got you 64 yards and a touchdown. You were, you know, maybe decent enough with the 61 yards from Keenan Allen. Definitely would have liked to have seen more from him. The 132 yards from Melvin Gordon plus that touchdown are lovely. Most of that came on one play, but hey, in fantasy football, that's all it takes. And so Melvin Gordon gets you another nice big week with that one nice long touchdown run. Um, I think it was that's pretty, basically all I got to say about the Chargers. It was a disappointing week all around for this entire game. This this was supposed to be a really explosive game. Rivers was supposed to go off. Brady was supposed to go off. Nothing. So it's just disappointing overall. Like nothing really stands out. Gronk had a touchdown, fifty yards. That's not a big deal. It's yeah. I would just move on. I mean, Lewis is for real. I think we can agree with that, but um, that's it. I do want to mention that Mike Gillisley, another poor game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, that's that's worth mentioning, but it's not like Deion Lewis did anything either. But he got more um, carries. Right, so Deion Lewis with 15 for 44. And so Deion Lewis had more work. I think Gillisley is going to be Droppable. Still there, he's but yeah, he's 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 pretty much droppable. There's going to be games where he's going to be productive. There's going to be another game where Mike Gillisley scores two touchdowns, and there's going to be. But it's just you're never going to know when it's going to come. And the the issue is, if you look at the top receiving options for the Patriots, there's two more running backs in James White and Rex Burkhead. <laughs> so annoying, I hate it, but it so, is what it is. Look, look at the box score for the Patriots. You'll see rushing Deion Lewis, Mike Gillisley, right underneath receiving James White, Rex Burkhead. Those are the top of your list. And so week in, week out, you're going to be very frustrated with those those uh, running backs in this team. But in a PPR league, I think James White, Rex Burkhead have value. Mike Gillisley, probably uh, the least valuable running back on the Patriots, surprisingly, after yeah. the first two weeks. I agree. And just to mention before we move on that Hogan was in a sling and he's having an MRI tomorrow. They don't think it's serious. But uh, if you're a Cooks owner, you're happy. And if you're a Hogan owner, you're sad. I think if you're a James White owner or a Rex Burkhead owner, that's the the yeah. most promising situation. Or 
an Amendola owner. We'll see how that plays out. Chicago Bears, New Orleans Saints. Surprisingly low-scoring game here for the Saints, uh, but they did pull out another another win here. And on the back again of their running backs, Mark mm-hmm. Ingram, another you know double-digit game, looking solid as ever. 18 carries, 75 yards, added a touchdown to that. Drew Brees threw for almost you know, two, pretty much threw for 300 yards. No touchdowns. Uh-uh. All these touchdowns are going to the running backs. I love it. It's it's great for the Kamara owner, for the Ingram owner. It's disappointing if you have Ted Ginn or Michael Thomas because the yards are there. You know, Michael Thomas with seven receptions. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think he had 10 targets. Mm-hmm. Um, 77 yards, it's fine if you add a touchdown to it. But if the touchdowns are going to keep going to the Ingram and Kamaras of the world, you're going to be a little bit frustrated with these Saints receivers, even though the targets are there. Yeah. Um. On the Bears' side of the ball, Jordan Howard, very solid, 23 carries. He's getting all the work in this offense. He is the offense. He's the only piece of that offense that I want. I know Trey McBride had three catches, 92 yards. Not something I'm worrying about at all. What about you? Nah, I don't give a shit. Exactly. And great analysis. You don't give a shit. Mike, Love it. Mark Ingram had two fumbles and two lost fumbles. I think that's going to I think that's gonna bump, yeah. give a Kamara a little bit of bump next week. I don't think yeah, that's okay. Cut. Kamara is what he is, though, and he's been getting plenty of work. I am not worried at all as a Kamara owner. I think he's so solid. I love you him. You should just be just be happy if you own him. All right, so um, Falcons and let's Jets. move on. Yep, Falcons and Jets is our next game here. Thank you. I kind of lost it on our show page. <laughs> um, Bilal Powell, Matt Forte, Blah. both were brutal, just brutal. 14 carries for 38 yards, 33 yards. Actually, that's even worse. For Bilal Powell, four carries for seven yards for Forte. Even worse. Yeah, um, if you started Jermaine Curse or had Jermaine Curse on this in this game, you were disappointed to see pretty much all the receiving work go to Robbie Anderson, who looked really good this game. Six receptions, 104 yards. My takeaway on the Jets' offense, though, is if you're in a league where you need a quarterback— Josh McCown is still out there, and mm-hmm. he's been super serviceable. I got him in our Superflex League off of waivers. I dropped him. It was my own fault. I needed a quarterback and too. <laughs> and I've been and I traded away Jameis Winston, and I've been starting Josh McCown every single week, and it's just been consistent points. Trade so, him. Trade him now. You know he's going to get I, injured. And he probably will, but I'm just going to keep starting him until he does. Right. His schedule's going to get harder, too. I mean, he has had three amazing matchups back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. So if you have him, trade him because his, his value is going to plummet very soon. Tevin Coleman got more work than Devontae Freeman this mm-hmm. week. That's what I want to talk about here. I think this is one of the more surprising things that happened this game. Is that something that we should worry about if you're a Freeman owner, or is it just something to well, look after? If you the look future? at the numbers, he had one huge run, and I think they just ended up going with a hot hand, fourteen to fourteen to fourteen carries to twelve right. carries. Still, Tevin Coleman has been super consistent and probably even better than Freeman this entire season. If you look at the numbers, I'm not worried if I'm Freeman, but I'm buying in. I'm buying Coleman now, much cheaper than I would have before. Like I right. want Coleman, right? And so Tevin Coleman is a guy. I mean, he's been consistent. He's been a top thirty running back this season. Um, I don't think he's going to be productive enough so that you can he, – he's a flex-worthy type of running back, an RB2 type of guy, but he's not going to be productive enough, I think, from week to week to win you your week. He's just kind of a bi-week fill-in guy. Hope, hope you don't lose the Frank Gores of this exactly. world. Exactly. Eight points every not, week. 
And that's what you not need, based that's on okay. talent. Not based on talent. I think he's a super talented guy. There's just not enough work, not enough carries, not enough opportunity for him to be better than he is. Yeah, hundred percent agree with that. Um, Matt Ryan was, you know, decent, two fifty four and two. The offense is starting to look a little bit better. The Falcons looked a little better this week. I know they're granted they're playing the Jets, but I think that 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 whole team is coming around a little bit. The Julio Jones owners, seventy four, no touchdown. The touchdowns go to Hooper and Sanu, so a little disappointing there. But Jones looked all right. I think uh, better weeks are ahead for him. Mm-hmm. All right. We got a couple more games here. San Francisco, Philadelphia. Pretty much this. nothing surprising about this game. Right. This this game was <laughs> this game was chalk. Sixteen carries, forty eight yards, and a touchdown for Legarrette Blunt. Wentz two eleven and two. Are you could have been a bigger game, but they didn't need it. Are you buying into uh, the Eagles at all or no? Are you think they're going to win the Super Bowl? Because right now they're looking like the best team in the NFL. <laughs> um, you know Carson Wentz looks good. I don't trust that defense enough to think that they're a Super Bowl caliber team. Um, so, no, but I think they're definitely a playoff team. Yeah, well, definitely that. Yeah, bye week, too. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, San Francisco is probably the worst team in the league. Just mm. want to throw that out by there. By far. By far. Not even close. Rough outing for Carlos Hyde. 12 carries for only 25 yards. It's ugly. The work was, the work was there, but, man. Uh, having Corey Bethard as uh, as your quarterback, C.J. Bethard, sorry. I don't know why I said Corey. I don't, I don't know what C.J. even stands for, to be honest. Should uh, I know that? Chris Johnson. Bethard. Christopher That's Johnson. That, fill in the show. I'm going to look up what C.J. Bethard stands well, for. Well, um, I'm getting a little worried about Carlos Hyde. Brita get, got a little bit of work this week, and he caught the touchdown. He had 39 yards receiving and six targets. I'm starting to buy into Breed a little bit more. Um, the trade deadline is on 31st for the NFL, um, and they were talks that were going to trade Hyde. So that kind of makes me want to buy Breed even more that he might get traded within the next few days, Hyde will. So I'm buying into that. Uh, Corey Clement actually outproduced LeGarrette Blunt this week. He had 54 yards on 10 carries, where Blunt had 16 carries for 48 yards. So that's kind of interesting. Smallwood was a non-factor altogether. Brito? Correct. Clement, uh, the name is Casey Jarrett Bethard. Man, that is something I never wanted to know. And he'll never care because he'll never start again <laughs> after this year. Right. All right, moving on. Man, Casey Jarrett Bethard is Wait, starting game. Is, is Clement? You think Clement is a is a is a flyer, a waiver wire ad? I think Blunt has been good enough that I don't see any reason for the team to move away from him. Yeah, I really don't. All right, moving on. I think it just means that. Smallwood is gone and Clement is the number two now. Yeah. I agree with yeah. that. Um Ertz. Do you want to talk about Ertz? He's fucking good. Uh probably wide receiver one, two, or three, depending on the week. I mean yep. tight end tight end. Even wide receiver. <laughs> he is he now in the group there like for me, it the coming into the season it was Gronk and Kelsey. Now I think it's Gronk Ertz Kelsey. I fair? I will say it's Gronk, Ertz, and then it's Kelsey, Ingram. I think it's those four guys, and that's it. I think there's th- that tier, and then there's that tier, and there's everyone else after that. Okay. 
Right. I think um, I think Kelsey has a like a lower floor. There's games that he can bust. Yeah. But he has the same type of ceiling as the other guys, where he can have you know a 120 yard game and a touchdown. Right. Um. But yeah, there is definitely he definitely has these weeks where he disappears, and you don't really see that from Ertz. Ertz is super consistent. Yep. Even in a game like this where he only had 34 receiving yards, still gets you the touchdown. Exactly. So Ertz is definitely in joining that elite class amongst tight ends. I might even have Ingram over Kelsey just because Ingram is not going to disappear in the game. He's yeah, been super Kelsey's consistent. It's good enough that you can't do that just right. yet. Well, but just because he doesn't have he doesn't have track, those weeks. This track record, I think, is what's missing. Fair, there for fair enough. Ingram. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. So a um, couple yeah. more games here. Just two more. Uh, three more, actually. We will not be talking about the night game just because that is still going on while we're recording. It's not even reached halftime yet. Pittsburgh 10, Detroit 9. So we'll react to that game later. But let's talk now about Carolina and Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay's offense has been brutal. Ugh. That's how I feel about it. Ugh. I mean, Yuck. Doug Martin was decent, but they were trailing so quickly that it didn't even matter. His 18 carries, 71 yards. I mean, he's good enough, but you would really hope that the offense could move the ball a little better. Mike Evans, 5 for 60. Brait, 4 for 64. And All that's that came it. in the – Evans had zero catches going into the second half. It was bad. Like, if I'm if I'm a Buccaneers owner of any of those players, I'm worried. Unless it's Karen Brait, sure, he's going to get his carry. It's a tight end. 64 yards is great for that. But Mike Evans, Doug Martin, Deshaun Jackson, everyone is like uh, – I need to get the fuck out of this. Another five-catch game for Christian McCaffrey. Uh, you would like to see a little bit more in terms of rushing attempts or maybe a score, but at least he gave you those five for 49 in the receiving game. Jonathan Stewart, even though he only got 34 yards rushing, bailed you out with a touchdown to at least salvage his day. Cam Newton was subpar, but didn't really need to be better than that against Tampa Bay this week for the win, so... I think um, Cam Newton, while another rough outing and you're not super happy with it, probably still got you an okay enough production with his 44 rushing yards and that one touchdown that you'll survive the week with him. Yep. Uh, Houston-Seattle, highest highest scoring game of the day. (laughs) Ridiculous. Everyone everyone saw that coming, right? right? (laughs) 41-38. A real awesome game to watch. Like, it was, man, all I got to say is Deshaun Watson, super for real, as if we didn't know that. Russell Wilson, he's back. Those two quarterbacks combined for over 850 passing yards, eight touchdowns between the two of them. Amazing day for those guys. Tyler Lockett with 121 yards. Paul Richardson, 105 yards. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, 224 receiving yards and a touchdown. I love to see that. (laughs) Will Fuller, all that guy is fucking catch. All he does is catch touchdowns. Five receptions, two touchdowns. It's crazy. That's all he does. Highest. So this is something that Armando and I were discussing over the weekend before this game. Out of all the receivers in the league, Antonio Brown doesn't have the most points per game. He's second. Will Fuller. Has the most points per game. Right? What the fuck? Granted, he's played a couple less games due to injury, but man, that guy is putting on a clinic along with DeAndre Hopkins, mostly to do with Deshaun Watson is for real. And so moving forward, Deshaun Watson, I think every single week, 
regardless of matchup. I ranked him like I think 13 or 14 yeah. because this matchup was poor. I think regardless of matchup moving forward, Deshaun Watson is going to be a top five quarterback for me just because he can do so much. Because not only did he give you the 402 passing yards, four touchdowns, he also gave you 67 yards on the ground. Okay, okay, we get it. He's great. He's 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 pro- great. He's probably the number one quarterback this year. Like moving forward, I rather have him over Brady, hands down, not even close. If I had to redraft quarterbacks right now, the two quarterbacks in this game would probably be my top two. Yep, one hundred percent agree with that. Uh, and so, well, so, yeah, he's got a really good schedule moving forward. So yes, I now I know this is a top. I know this is six point passing league, but if you look at Wilson in the seven games that he's played, he has. Four games of over 30 points and two games of over 40 points. That's a lot, dude. Yeah. So, and not only that, you also got to add in, he also added 30 yards rushing, those little extra sneaky points that you get from him as well. So, just to Both talk- quarterbacks led their team in rushing yards. So, I'm going to give you some fancy analysis that's real shit. Dante okay. Foreman did not have a carry. Alfred Blue was the backup running back. Mm-hmm. What the fuck does that mean? And that means they, they believe in Miller enough yeah. that you don't have to worry about him. Miller is what they need at the running back position. No, I agree. Deshaun but- Watson has been so good. Why mess with a good thing? Leave Miller in. He's the better pass blocker. He's a better pass catcher. Foreman's a rookie. Foreman has his own issues. He's a, he's a talented back, but don't mess with it. Leave Miller in. I know he's not great. He's not an elite talent, but he's good enough to get your team by. I know they lost this game, but I think that team is poised for a nice second-half NFL run. Um, and J.D. McKinzick was the most productive running back for the Seahawks with six yards on four carries. Six yards. Eddie Lacy, six fuck? carries for zero <laughs> yards. Thomas Rawls, six carries for negative one yards. And Tyler Lockett, one carry for negative two yards. And the last thing that I think we should talk about is Doug Baldwin. I think it's time to hit the panic button on him. As well as Mike Evans. Both those guys, I mean, they're you draft them as number one wide receivers, and they are not producing that weight whatsoever. It just seems like Seattle is content enough to spread the ball around everywhere. And they've got finally got healthy everyone. They've got a healthy Lockett, a healthy Richardson, they you know, a somewhat healthy Jimmy Graham with his two touchdowns. Um I think because there's so many options, maybe it is a time to panic a little bit on Baldwin. Um so while he's he's probably not going to be that elite top 12 wide receiver that some people were hoping for, I think he's still okay. He had top 24 to 28 receiver, a wide receiver too. Yep. Agreed. All right, our last game that we're going to talk about here, Dallas and Washington. Great game for the rushing game of, of Dallas. Not a good game for the passing side of Dallas. Zeke, 33 carries i think it's pretty clear what dallas wanted to do coming into this game with 33 carries for ezekiel elliott for 150 yards and two touchdowns yeah Dak, on the other hand was not a beneficiary of this 14 carries for 22 yards only 143 yards passing the whole team did not do well on the receiving end des bryant led the team in receiving yards with only 39 that's not good nope um, on the other side of the ball, what do you want to say? What did you want to say about the Cowboys? Uh, nothing. I just hate everything about the receiving end of the Cowboys. Yeah, if, I mean, if Dak's only going to throw for 140 yards, 
it's going to be a brutal game for those receivers. I think it's time to sell Des Bryant. I've been saying that for a long time. Wait for I a think good game. Your only, only hope here is that maybe Zeke's suspension does go through. It does get upheld. Yeah. And then, the, and then that receiving game might actually take off. I think they're, they're, the skill is there. The opportunity is not. Correct. Kirk Cousins looked okay. 263, only one touchdown. Robert Kelly... Eight carries, 19 yards, brutal, but he gets you the touchdown. Chris Thompson. He's a man. Another nice game. Eight receptions. If you're in a PPR league, you love that. 76 yards, decent enough. Adds another 18 yards rushing on four carries. Super solid. Even if in a, even if you're in a standard league, that's nine and a half points. But if you're in a PPR league, just eight catches get you 17 and a half points, and you're happy once again as the Chris Thompson owner. Yeah, he's he's actually been really good. He's a top 12 running back this season. That's phenomenal. That's just crazy. He was a nobody going into this week, and I hated him, but he's kept it going for the first time his entire career. I, I love it. Josh Dotson looked like he was going to have a total dud of a game and then bails you <laughs> out with a one catch, one yard, one touchdown. <laughs> so at least you get six points out of him, and that's it. Mm-hmm. I think uh, it's time to drop. Like, no panic button. It's all over for Troll Pryor. He's done. He is done. And I think uh last thing I want to say about this is Robert Kelly is the running back. There's no worries anymore. He is the number one running back on that roster. Yes, Chris Thompson's there, but he is the pass catching back. Robert Kelly has his role. Thompson has his. And Thompson's role is not going to go away. Nope. Thompson is going to continue to get double-digit touches every single week and be a top 24 running back in the process. And... Probably a top fifteen guy in PPR, just like he's he is. He's he's Kamara. beyond that. He's like top twelve talent in PPR. Kamara and Thompson, they're pretty much the same guy in a yeah. PPR league. I think Thompson's better than uh, Kamara at this point. The numbers are um, just so much more explosive. It feels like right now. There's not much to react on in terms of the Steelers game. Antonio Brown, four receptions for seventy-one yards so far. We're only at halftime. We can't give you the full game, but. Even in a half, Juju Smith-Schuster looks good. Three catches, 61 yards. That's my one takeaway from here. Are you buying into Juju? Is he a wide receiver two going forward? Uh, wide receiver three going forward? I don't think he's quite Martavis Bryant, but if he's going to have that role, I think he's going to be a wide receiver three going forward. And I think I will, he is Martavis uh, Bryant now. <laughs> he's Martavis Bryant is not starting game for a while. <laughs> He's, well, yeah, he just comes out. He's wearing a Martavis Bryant mask, and that's what he is for Halloween. That'd be so fucked up and awesome. Yeah, that would be kind of awesome. Um, Armando, we did it. We uh, we packed we packed the whole show into thirty minutes. But there was no uh, no jokes, no dick jokes, no dick jokes. Wait, right, t- hold on. Can you tell me a snowman joke? The snowman joke. Yeah, don't you have like three or four snowman jokes? I have. Okay, yeah. What did one snowman say to the other snowman? What? Smells like carrots. That's good. That's good. That's really good. (laughs) All right. Thanks for tuning in, guys. This this is Armando with Brito. Have a good night. Yeah. Eat, sleep, fantasy. You rocking with the best. NFL fantasy football podcast. We talking mock drafts, running backs. Better follow the conversation with Dale, Christian, and Armando. Screaming, eat nation. We doing what we like. Tune in every week. Guarantee we get it hype. Fantasy football enthusiasts. I know you plan to be joining us on Eat, Sleep, Fantasy. Yeah. 
Eat, sleep, fantasy. Uh -huh. Eat, sleep, fantasy.